Welcome in everybody to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and today we're going to take a look at the wild card games in the NFL this coming weekend. We've got games on Sunday. We've got games on Monday. We've got fun for you right here on the show. Matthew Friedman joins me along with Pat Fitzmorris to break down all the games, all the line movement, all the fun. We've got some in-division matchups too, some rivalries. That's always a good time. Teams that don't like each other. Luckily, we all love each other here. So that is not a problem, but who knows? By the end of the show, things could get a little rough with some different takes. I can only hope. So let's talk about some of the games. Let's jump right in and let's start with the Buffalo Bills hosting the Miami Dolphins here. This one opened up at 10 and a half. It's moved to 13. Some live movement in a few of these games we're going to talk about. Let's start here with this, though. Fitz, when you see this one move here and you see that we're talking about a team with Josh Allen, MVP candidate, and now on the other side of this football game, we don't have Tua, we don't have Teddy Bridgewater, we're going to have Skylar Thompson, a third-string quarterback playing. It's no mistake that this number is growing. Also, defensively speaking, two very different teams one that likes to play a lot of zone, uh, one that does not like to blitz the quarterback, and then Miami, who plays fast and loose, who likes to come and bring that pressure. But last time that backfired on them with Josh Allen, who can get out of the pocket and make big, huge plays that really change the momentum of games. So all that being said, could this number grow even more as we get closer to the game on Sunday? I think it could, Joe, because it seems like anything under two touchdowns is a bargain if you're interested in betting the bills here. And, you know, I just I don't like to just blindly slap money down on the favorites. But considering that it is a third stringer, considering that Miami is coming into this one, you know, on a, a down uh, Things have not gone well for them down the stretch. <laughs> I like, the I like how I mean, you really tried your best to sugarcoat it and keep it very PC here for all yeah, the Dolphins fans. Yeah, I was uh, I maybe had something else to say in mind, but um, yeah, they <laughs> have won one of their last six games, and that was in an unsightly Week 18 victory over the Jets uh, right. in order to limp into the playoffs. So yeah, like, and we know we're going to get cold weather in Buffalo. We're not going to get. Uh, the threat of a blizzard like we had the last time the dolphins visited buffalo um although that blizzard never really transpired but we are going to get cold weather and you've got a warm weather team going up to buffalo so i mean i i think you have to uh that home field advantage is going to be significant here uh you know the buffalo crowd's going to be fired up for this one and uh you know they've They've still got some of the DeMar Hamlin vibes going there. So, like, I don't think 13 is enough, and uh, I've already taken the bills. All right, Friedman, uh, let's start with you with the 13 here. It's going to be 31 degrees and sunny in Buffalo from what I'm seeing, but still a home field advantage regardless. I mean, it's going to be colder. It's going to be emotional, another environment, too, where Pat said perhaps some, you know, uh, continued hangover from some of that – pure raw emotion that we saw last Sunday. But again, sometimes that can call seems to come out flat as well, trying to continuously go through these emotional states, but it does feel like Buffalo should dominate this game. Is there a point where this number grows too much where you start to look on the other side though? Uh, 14 and a half is I think where I start to think about uh, the dolphins, but like I've already bet the bills. I, I bet it early. Um, you know, shout out me, but no, I just, I didn't think that there was a great chance of to a plane. I thought it would be Teddy. Um, and when Teddy was playing or when I had him projected to play, uh, I thought that, you know, the right number would probably be, you know, nine and a half, like on the low end, but maybe more like 10 and a half. Uh, and then now that, you know, Tua is definitely out, it looks 
very likely that it won't be Teddy, but instead will be the rookie third stringer, Skylar Thompson. I have this projected personally at 13.75. We're even higher, uh, you know, in our official projections uh, because I think there's, you know, a pretty significant drop off from Tua to Teddy and then uh, a real drop off from Teddy to Skylar Thompson, who it looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Mm. And so, 13 and a half. Uh, I, I'm kind of surprised that we're not already there. I think 13 is the number, you know, but I, I imagine that this gets to 14. The one thing that does give me pause is that we haven't seen uh, the Bills or really the the Chiefs as the two teams to have large spreads consistently this year. We haven't seen them really be able to cover mm-hmm. on a week to week basis. And so I, I, I mean, I'm hesitant at, 13 and a half actually to bet it. I, I grabbed it at nine. I feel great about it at that number, like 13, 14. That's the vicinity where I think it should be. Uh, but I mean, I gotta say one thing that, and fits, you know, outlined the case for going against the dolphins. One thing also, uh, you know, not in their favor. This is their fifth game on the road out of the past seven games. So like, I mean, they are a home field advantage team, Uh, And they are just having like they're ragged from the road at this point. So I think they're even more disadvantaged than they ordinarily would be if it were just a typical road game for them. It's there's like a compounding effect that teams have when they're on the road for at this point, like literally months at a time with just small breaks at home. 43 and a half is the number for this one. So we assume that Buffalo has got a pretty high implied total here, somewhere around that 30 mark. That being said, you mentioned Friedman that Thompson doesn't look like a very good quarterback in your eyes. Can the Miami offense put enough together to hit this over? Or is this kind of a trap this over people thinking, Oh, it's going to be a huge day for Buffalo. You got to go the over, but Miami has to do their part to hit that number. I have this projected at 43.4. Uh, you know, as a site, <laughs> doesn't sound like a whole lot of value there, my friend. No, as a site, we're I think almost exactly at forty three point five. Like I'm not, I'm not betting the uh, the total on this. I'm Fitz, just so you co-signing on avoiding the total and just looking for Buffalo and locking this number before we uh, see it grow any more in the next twenty four hours. One hundred percent co-signing. No interest whatsoever in playing the total here. If you forced me to take uh, one side of the total, I'd probably go under just because I'm so skeptical about Miami's chances of generating offense in this. But they do have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle who concern, right. you know, a short pass into an explosive play. Uh, you know, that's the best chance I think of this getting over is that we see maybe a, a couple explosive plays from the Miami receivers, but otherwise I don't think Miami's going to do their part to get us there. I, I would right. just follow up on that. I, I absolutely do not think Miami does its part to, to get us there. Tyreek <laughs> is dealing with an injury. Jalen Waddle has been hobbled for most of the season and Teron Armstead, their, their left tackle who might be just in general outside of Tyreek Hill, like the best overall player on the team or one of the best players on the team. He has four different injury designations, toe, peck, knee, and hip. Like this guy's entire body is just ravaged at this point. Mm-hmm. And he didn't practice on Wednesday. He didn't play in week 18. There's no guarantee he plays this week. So you could have a rookie third string quarterback without his left tackle and with hobbled wide receivers out there. Like I don't have faith in in the Dolphins to do their part to get this total to the over. Friedman's talking to me. Yeah, I was just going to say Friedman's talking me into the under here. Now all of a sudden <laughs> well, I'm... I, I, 
be honest, Fitz, I was leaning that way as well. And then that conversation else was a 36% of people are in the under. So clearly like people are just looking at the other side of this and not looking enough between the quarterback play and the other injuries they're dealing with. And you said it yourself, Fitz, they're limping literally into the playoffs here. This is not a good look uh, necessarily for the Miami Dolphins. So if, if you're irresponsible with your money, by the way, Dolphins on the money line plus 575 if you want to be irresponsible, but I don't recommend that. I do recommend getting some popcorn ready and watching the Giants in Minnesota. Uh, last two times, uh, last time I should say this, these two teams met, it was a, a heck of a game uh, over on the Christmas Eve. I was making lasagna watching this game at the same time. I could not believe the 61 yard field goal, all this stuff. Now, here's the thing Minnesota committed 88 penalties for just 689 yards in regular season. That's according to NFLpenalties.com. Their opponents committed 111 penalties for 926. That means that there's the highest differential in all the NFL between those two teams, which is interesting, between the the opponents and the Minnesota Vikings. So really, this is about the Vikings limiting their mistakes. And if they can continue to do that, hopefully good things happen for them. On the flip side, the Giants are a team that's going to rely very heavily on the short passing, um, sometimes too heavily. But again, that's kind of how they're built. We've seen Richie James, Hodgins, and uh, Darius Slayton kind of emerge here with some sort of passing game. And Daniel Jones threw the ball a fair amount here last time these two teams matched up. And Saquon Barkley obviously managed to the finish line. He will be active in this game, as we know. Uh, we are starting with this number at three. We are still at three. That's where we're at. Uh, 47 and a half is the over under. And then the Giants on the money line is plus 125. Fitz, when you're taking a look at this game here, where do you see the value? And do you think that the Giants have an upset in them? I do think the Giants might have an upset in them here. And I mean, we know that Minnesota has not been as good as their record all year. And based on, uh, you know, a Pythagorean approach to it, the, <laughs> the Vikings are like an eight and nine team, basically. They're, they're you know, much worse than their record. So we saw them play close the last time they played in uh, Minnesota, took that long field goal that you referred to, Joe. Um, we know about the Vikings' tortured playoff history. We know about Kirk Cousins, uh, although I guess this game is not a night game, so maybe that's uh, an optimistic sign if you're a Vikings fan. But we know Kirk Cousins hasn't always played great under the bright Cleague uh, lights of, uh, you know, standalone uh, nationally televised games. So I'm very skeptical of the, the Vikings here. Um, I, I like the points. Uh, the, the money line you could talk me into also, but I think – I just see this one being close all the way. I, I'd be really surprised if we don't get an entertaining game that comes down to the final five minutes or so. And I've seen even more, uh, some spots too, you can get plus 140 uh, over at bettingpros.com. I see on that money line. So that consensus is moving up as well. And that number at 48 in some spots, I'm still over even on the 48. To me, that's the most appealing spot here. We've seen... You know, the Giants secondary struggle at times. So Hawkinson have an enormous game against the Giants last few times these teams met. That's for sure. They had all kinds of trouble stopping anything that he wanted to do. KJ Osborne's kind of emerged lately. Jefferson, we know what kind of weapon he is. He is uh, we see Dalvin Cook being uh, heavy, heavily used in this game, too. And on the flip side of this one, <clears throat> we imagine that the Giants put up points last time against the Minnesota Vikings defense. Why can't they do it again? Friedman is the over the way to approach this game. Maybe, um, you know, there is a trend about uh, playoff games that are played indoors tending to go over. Um, mm -hmm. But 
I don't know. I have this slightly projected to the under. I believe I'm around 47 and a half. So I don't I don't really see any value there. And if I had to make a bet on the side, it would be the Giants. Um, but, you know, they have – okay, on the one hand, they are playing their fourth game out of five on the road. So a, a negative road situation. On the other hand, Daniel Jones has historically been really good on the road, like like better than your typical quarterback on the road, and especially strong as a road dog. So, like, this is kind of the Daniel Jones spot – And I think, as you mentioned, we've seen this in the market sit exactly at three, and there's been no movement on it. Like, that is the right number. The most likely outcome is Vikings win this game by three. I haven't projected it two and a half. So if I had to bet on it, I would be betting on the Giants. But if this number moved to two and a half, they would be taking a lot of money uh, and it would push back to three. If this moved to three and a half, they would be taking a lot of money on the Giants and it would push down to three. Mm-hmm. So like this number, I think just stays at three. And if you like the Giants, then I think you probably bet it on the money line because um, I think three is the most likely outcome uh, in this game one way or another. And we know historically in this round of the playoffs, we often see more than one upset, quote unquote. So I think we all have to look for that, too, because if you're looking at some of the games, the way they're laid out, uh, you know, some of these things are not going to go necessarily the way Vegas has them planned, because that's what the NFL teaches us every single year in this round of the playoffs. It's a little different as we move on, especially some of the juggernaut teams, obviously the Bills, big favorites, the Bengals, big favorites in their game too. understandably why. Uh, Let's move on to that game, too, because it's growing less and less likely we're going to see Lamar Jackson in this game for the Baltimore Ravens. So we shall see what quarterback they come up with. Uh, But right now, Baltimore uh, started at a six point underdog. Now they move to nine and a half. They're going to travel to Cincinnati. So nine and a half is the number here fits. We're at 44 for the over under and Baltimore plus 200 on the money line, although that is probably going to move significantly, I think, as we get more and more. Now, we see the news on Lamar Jackson going in that other direction. Pat, do you think this is another number just like that first one we talked about that could continue to grow as more money comes in on this game? And if so, do we lock this in now? I think it probably goes up if we get definitive word that Jackson's not going to be able to return from his sprained PCL. So um, I think you're kind of making a early wager based on how you anticipate that the Jackson thing coming out. I mean, there's value if we think there's a chance still that Lamar Jackson could be back for this game, I believe. Cause you know, if he doesn't come back, there's just no way the Ravens can put up points and, and match this Bengals offense, even though their defense is, is good and gives them a chance to at least, you know, keep the Bengals uh, to something, you know, maybe around 20 points, 23 points. But if they don't have Lamar Jackson, I just don't think they can match firepower with, Cincinnati and uh you know I think the Bengals are a value at their current uh at the current line but you know it it really all depends on this Jackson news and it's uh kind of bothersome that it's still so vague at this point just a couple of days away from this game yeah it's certainly a feeling though like it's going to trend in the direction of him not playing from missing all the practices uh the money line by the way has grown to plus 360 i see since yesterday when we put the show together so that continues to kind of tell you where the market's at uh 40 and a half is the over under friedman fitz mentioned that defense of the baltimore ravens which has been very good no doubt about the roquan smith addition a big part of that they were ranked 20th in points per game allowed just uh and 24th in yards per game allowed and they ranked second 
in both categories since Roquan Smith came over, allowing just 14.7 points per game. So that's a huge shift. They paid the man because certainly he's had a huge impact on that defense. So when I'm looking at this game, to me, I immediately go to that under. That's where I'm going to because I'm just concerned between the, the, the quality defense the Ravens put out there and between what you're seeing potentially of the Bengals at times, you know, having some moments of struggle against that Baltimore Ravens defense, perhaps with that coupled with the Baltimore Ravens offense being lackluster at best, why wouldn't this be an under? I get it. We, I think we had the same conversation last week or a very similar conversation. And I do remember Fitz, this number was 40. I remember Fitz making a, uh, I wouldn't say impassioned, but you know, a, a typical Fitz case for why this was going to be a rock fight. And uh, I, I bought it, you know, and I, I'm not saying that was the wrong call, but the over ended up hitting in that spot, not by much, you know, it was uh, 27 to 16, you know, so it wasn't a high scoring game by any means, but it, it wasn't, you know, like a low scoring 13 to 10 type of affair. And I would say that the Ravens, uh, if I'm making the case for the over, which I have this projected right around the market, so I'm not. I'm not betting it either way, but if I'm making a case for the over, it's that the Ravens will probably be better on offense this week than they were last week. And let's assume that maybe uh, Tyler Huntley ends up playing. Uh, He did practice limitedly on Wednesday. So like he's at least taking a step in the right direction. So there's a chance he plays. I'm assuming Lamar doesn't play at all. Um, Mm -hmm. But even if Huntley doesn't play, uh, AJ, no, Anthony Anthony Brown, he Anthony can't Brown. be yeah, as bad this week as he was last week. Like now, he, like maybe he can be, but the team would at least have a sense of okay. Last week we tried this thing against this defense and it didn't work. What if we tweak it in some way? So I would assume that the Ravens would be better on offense, and I would also assume that the Bengals would be better on offense because I don't think they were actually giving it a hundred percent for the entirety of the game. Um, but you know, playoffs, I think it's a little bit different. That said, it's an outdoor game in January between divisional opponents in their third game who just know? played so, each other. Yeah, it's a just, third game, but they right. literally just played each other yeah. last week too, which is also odd i mean it's one thing when you well okay you're going to play each other the third time in the season that that happens in the playoffs we've seen yeah. that plenty of times over the years it's very odd that you play them back-to-back weeks yeah so fits does that matter at all to you this familiarity and the contempt between these two teams here that they're going to play each other again after just playing each other sunday and and maybe friedman's right like both were kind of guarded saying hey look we've got a lot more to play for here we got playoffs coming up we're not gonna run jk dobbins out there we're, we're gonna baby guys we're gonna take some guys off the field we're not gonna press it now everyone's gonna put their pedal to the metal but again that that weirdness of having just played each other does that enter into how you look at this game at all it doesn't i've always kind of struggled with how to do that if there is the weird circumstance where a team plays a playoff game against an opponent they just faced and whether that you know maybe is sort of an equalizer or whether you know i don't know it's a good question and i i don't know how to answer it joe like i but it it was I think we're going to see a different kind of game as Friedman kind of talked about. Like, I don't think it's just going to be a a carbon copy of last week. And I do kind of agree with Friedman that the Bengals maybe were not giving it the full gas last week against the Ravens. It had that sort of vibe to it. And one more thing here while we've been recording. So this morning 
when I was uh, making updates to our projections, this number was eight and a half. When we started recording, it was nine and a half, and it's now 10 at half of the books across wow. the market. Like this, this is going to continue to move. And I do think that it goes through 10 when it's announced that Lamar Jackson isn't playing. And uh, I, so I think there's still value on it now. Uh, I, I would be betting this now if you like the Bengals. Now, the first time these two teams met uh, earlier in the year, October 9th, or in the season, I should say, since we're in a new year, 1917 was the game. That was the score. Do you think we're more likely to see, like, again, we're, we're kind of, you're kind of seem like you're moving towards a place of, hey, this is going to be more like a game where everything opens up as opposed to another 1917 contest. I feel it's going to be more like a 1917 kind of ugly contest and Joe Burrow gets it done. Regardless of the situation, I think that Baltimore defense is thing we really haven't given enough credit to of how good they've been. Fitz, where do you stand? Because you seem to be uh, also in a place where you're figuring that out. Friedman seems like he's pushing more towards the, hey, it's going to be more scoring than you realize. I'm kind of negative Nancy over here saying, I think this is going to be more of an ugly football game in that sense because of the familiarity and because they know their tendencies and because they know what they want to do with the football. And I think that Baltimore Ravens D is just really, really solid. 14 points per game. That's no joke, Fitz. I'm with you, Nancy. Uh, yeah, as much right. as, as <laughs> much all season to call me Nancy, haven't you? <laughs> <I can tell. laughs> Uh, as much as I have a healthy respect for the Bengals offense and, and just, you know, incredible mm-hmm. respect for Joe Burrow, I do think this is going to be quite possibly a typical AFC North rock fight again in the playoffs. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I I have the same sort of healthy respect that you have for that Ravens defense, Joe. Like that is yeah. a, a tough unit. Um, I don't think the Bengals have that sort of explosive 30 or 35 point game this week. I think it's more like in the low twenties and, you know, I, I very much doubt that the Ravens can even sniff 20 points without Lamar Jackson at quarterback. <laughs> All right. The last game here, as we move on, this is the, Monday night contest, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys 12 and five Tampa though, won their division. So at eight and nine, they're hosting a playoff game, but they got Tom Brady. And I don't know why I just can't shake this Friedman. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know you're a cowboy guy, so this is a loaded question for you, but you seem to have a very healthy disdain for your own team, which I respect. I think that's great. I think that's something you have to know as a fan, sometimes the deficits of your own team and you, much more business than personal obviously always here this feels like the wrong team is favored to me i can't tell you why because tampa has struggled all year they've been underwhelming in every spot every game where they should have gotten right they never did it just feels like time and time again it just never works right but then again this is a whole fresh start a new season this is all they've been trying to scratch and claw their way to you didn't see any four net last week you saw everybody just kind of pulling back at this point for this older team that little bit of rest is very important. Do you think, like I do, then you're looking at this number of the two and a half here on the Dallas side, they are favored, that that is incorrect. So this number opened to three and then pretty quickly got that down to two and a half. And it hasn't approached three since, but it also hasn't moved down. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this projected at two and a half, but that's, you know, that's a projection. Actually, no, sorry. I have projected 2.75, but that doesn't take into account, you know, like the actual nuances of the matchup. That's just a numbers-based projection. 
Um, I think the nuances of this matchup put me more on Tampa Bay. I haven't bet it, but it maybe this is because I'm a Cowboys fan. Like I do think that the Cowboys easily could lose this game. Like I see the path for how it happens. Uh, the, the Buccaneers are getting healthier. Uh, there's a chance that they get their center Ryan Jensen back. And that's a very big addition. Very big. Um, you know, uh, Tristan Wirfs, uh, looks like he's going to be healthy for this game. Uh, and so they will be about as healthy as they can be on the offensive line. Uh, the Cowboys, especially with their secondary injured, have not been the defensive force over the past six weeks that they were in the first half of the season. Uh, they can be beat deep. And, you know, we saw Tom Brady in week 17. I'm not going to put like too much weight on what happened in one game, especially because there were some busted coverages there. But like we did see him connect with Mike Evans for multiple long touchdowns. Uh, you know, they've had that connection all season that it's just like misfired here and there where it's like, okay, a long 70 yard touchdown that's dropped by Mike Evans. Right. But the Cowboys are vulnerable to those long plays and like I can just see how it happens. And, and Dak, he, you know, I think he leads the league in interceptions, like even with the missed with games that, with that missing he time, had, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is kind of incredible, but at the same time, you know, like he is a good quarterback, like Matt Stafford led the league in interceptions last year. And then in the playoffs, he was awesome. So like the Cowboys on offense, they have the opportunity to turn it on, but man, like they, they are predicated on the running game, you know, for better or worse. And often for worse, like they do want to establish the run a little bit to set up the pass and they are not going to be able to do that. In my opinion, they are not going to be able to do it all that well against a defensive front, which is finally healthy for the Buccaneers, uh, especially on the interior uh, with Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks. So I, I'm kind of skeptical of the Cowboys actually being able to do Cowboys type of things in this game. So I, I'm not betting it, um, but if I had to bet it, even though my projection tilts slightly towards uh towards the cowboys i would probably be betting on the uh, the bucks you make a good point too about the uh the defense of the cowboys not looking the same as it did earlier in the season the first five weeks of the season they didn't let any opponent get over 20 points uh that has not been the case in the second half it's only been once actually in the last five weeks that they let opponent uh not get over that number and it was against the tennessee titans so we really can't take that very seriously either because uh, they're not one for offense these days. But Fitz, I want to get your take on this, because, you know, the Bucks have been this team that's kind of scratched and clawed their way out to these ugly victories. Uh, they've trailed by a combined 66 to 22 score in the fourth quarter against opponents <laughs> over uh, these last few games here. It's just unbelievable how they have, by all intents and purposes, just barely, by the skin of their teeth, stayed relevant, hung on to this division, with such lesser competition in this division, they should have dominated when you look at the people on the field for this team. And you look at the talent on the Cowboys roster, whole different story. Talent for days, younger team, faster team by all accounts. But there's just something about this game I can't get around. And Freeman mentioned the the turnovers are a problem. You turn over the ball in playoff games, that is a huge issue here. And Dak is indeed leading that league with 15 interceptions as Freeman mentioned. So what do you make out of just the number on this game before you even get to the over under? Yeah. Um, you guys lay out a pretty 
credible case for Dallas Cowboys skepticism. And to that, I will even add as a Green Bay Packers fan, that you guys didn't even mention Mike McCarthy. You guys laid out that case and did not even mention Mike McCarthy. So, uh, you know, I'll even add that to the mix. But that said, um, my skepticism of the Buccaneers, I think, outweighs my skepticism of the Cowboys. Like, Friedman mentioned the Panthers game in week 17, and that was a really interesting case. And we finally did see the uh, Buccaneers who've struggled to get anything going with the deep passing game all year. I think they've had like um, like so few plays of, of longer than 20 yards, like the lowest since Brady got to Tampa. Um, and they took advantage of JC Horn not being there for the Panthers. Yes, and, and now they've got, you know, no Anthony Brown. Is anyone else banged up in that Dallas secondary Friedman? Is there anyone uh are any other starters? Yeah, they're missing that? two starting cornerbacks. Brown. Okay. So um yeah, I mean, like that could be maybe we see more of that where Evans hits on some big plays and takes advantage of uh the reduced manpower in the Dallas secondary. But boy, I just I have a hard time seeing this team that struggled, as you said, Joe, in this NFC South that is such a uh, weak division and still struggle to put away the Panthers in that week 17 game. I mean, they oh, won sure. that game by the skin of their teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, like Dallas has a lot going for it. Uh, like, I think they have a lot of ways that they can win this game. And I see more of a narrow path for the Buccaneers. Like, even if the Buccaneers get Ryan Jensen back, like they don't run the ball well. They haven't run the ball well all year. They don't run the ball, period. Forget well. Yeah, they, they don't even try. <laughs> right. They And they don't like Brady. Towards the bottom of the league in attempts. You know, yeah, I mean, they throw the football all day long. And that's that's what the – I guess here's the point. If you're, if you're reinforcing the offensive line, are you in a spot here where, again, Tom Brady regular season, it doesn't matter. It's about the playoffs for Tom Brady. I know it's asking a lot to say or to put on a team. They could just flip the switch and go. But if anybody can, wouldn't it be this crew? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, they don't even take many deep shots. Like, that's the thing. It's their their passing game is all just this quick stuff. And, uh, Mm -hmm. like, that's a tough way to sustain offense. And I think that's part of the reason we haven't seen them, you know, be one of the better offensive teams this year. Like, it's just been this sort of – uh, weird ball control passing attack that uh, just sort of limits how many points they can put up. And I feel like the Cowboys are going to put up points, even though, yes, uh, Tampa's got a terrific run defense, and maybe that negates the strength that Dallas has with Pollard and Zeke and that good offensive line. But um, unless Dak throws like three interceptions, and it's kind of out of character that he's thrown this many because he was – you know, he's been a guy who's been pretty cautious with the ball for most of his career. Um, I wonder if that's kind of an anomaly. And I wonder if all those turnovers are making Dallas like look a little bit uh, weaker than they actually are. You know what I mean? Like those turnovers yeah, yeah. really hurt Dallas down the stretch at times. And I just feel like it's been sort of out of character for Dak. And unless he, you know, gets really sloppy with the ball, I don't know. I mean, I think if Dallas keeps it's also it under when two he gets turnovers. Sloppy with the ball yeah. too if you if you're in the red zone you throw a pick and that ball goes the other way i mean that those kind those are back-breaking moments in playoff games where the complete momentum turns i'm sticking true you guys have made some really good cases on either side i'm sticking with the bucks on the money line because it just feels it feels wrong to me uh and it's not because i'm a tom brady fan or any of that so, no they've been awful i've called them out on all year 
plus 120 on the money line is a good number for two teams that like one's very mistake prone one can't get out of their own way tampa's at home give me the team at home in the playoffs on prime time where tom brady you know might remember the good old days for at least one game uh the number on this game is 45 and a half friedman any um any thoughts on that for you this number of the 45 does this project right around where you have it I have a 45.1, so I'm slightly on the under, and that's you know kind of in line with where we have it projected as a site. If I had to bet on the total, it would be under. Um, you know, these two teams, you know, 19 to three in week one, and obviously that was a long time ago. But uh, it's not as if the the Buccaneers have done anything since then to show that they are uh, an over team. <laughs> They've been one of the best under teams to bet on uh, for the entirety of this season in a, a season where the under has almost always been the sharp side each week. So, uh, yeah, if I had to take a position, it would be the under. You liking the under makes me like the money line of the Bucks even more. Fitz, your thoughts here on the over-under we, number? Leaning under also. I just mm-hmm. – um, we had that early – yeah. Granted, it was a much earlier example, the week one game of a, a very low scoring contest. I just don't think the Buccaneers offense is explosive enough to put up a big number on the Cowboys. And I think that Buccaneers run defense is good enough to kind of uh, at least slow down one of the things that Dallas does best. And that's run the ball. So uh, what about you, Joe? I mean, it sounds like you're envisioning or at least hearing in your head cannon fire from the uh, Buccaneers. Oh, pirate uh, this, ship. this feels like a 2017 kind of game to me. Like this feels like it's, it's close 17 all you kick a field goal with a couple seconds left bucks again by the skin of their chinny or the hair on their chin 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 or the skin of their teeth. I'm mixing my metaphors either way. I just don't believe in the Cowboys going on the road and winning a playoff game. McCarthy's a good reason. The Dak Prescott turnover issues are easy. There's a lot of good reasons here. And the defense has not been as strong. And that's what I keep coming back. You know, we always say defense wins championships. That's why I like the under in the Baltimore game so much, because I feel like that defense is really, really good. And Roquan's been just a revelation there. I mean, what he's been able to do. But this is one where, you know, we're all going to be watching this game. It's the last one of the week. I've got it in a parlay as well. I bet it separately and in the parlay because I feel like if I get those first two legs right, then I get that cash out potential in that third one. I could sit there. If the Bucks get ahead, maybe I push my limit a little bit, let it ride a little longer. And then at halftime, boom, just cash out of it, take my winnings and go home. These are the little inside things in betting. You can enjoy yourself and you know, I have the discipline to take my $150 and walk away from 250. I have the discipline to do that. You got to have that sometimes. Any other final thoughts on this game, Friedman, or anything else this weekend that you've got your eyes on from a wagering perspective? I know you guys are going to get to props later on, but today was about the game breakdowns. Anything else from the game breakdown perspective from any of these four? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point of the season, we know these teams very well. And the biggest edges that I think still are in the market uh, have to do with the quarterback uncertainty uh, of some of the teams. And that's Miami and mm-hmm. uh, and Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, and so I think those are the games where I still see the most value for the other team uh, in those matchups. Yeah, great point. The disparity between Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and the other side of those games is stark to say the least. Fitz, any parting shots here before we call it a day on uh, the wild card weekend? I was going to echo that, um, that the quarterback thing is almost maybe not getting, uh, it's not being reflected as much as it should in those lines. Mm. And it's kind of too bad because like certainly with Lamar Jackson playing 
Ravens Bengals is a much more interesting game. And you've got the Ravens having absolutely a puncher's chance to go into Cincinnati and win that game. And uh, like we saw a tremendous game in that uh, the the blizzard that never materialized. I mean, the Dolphins <laughs> gave the Bills everything they could handle that night with Tua at quarterback, and I just don't think they're going to be able to compete. And they fell Skylar. short, and I, I'm, with, I'm with you. I think they threw it all out there, and falling short, I don't think they've been the same really since. You know, I know they lost a couple yeah. games leading up to that too, but still, I think that was almost their Super Bowl, their prove-it moment, and they didn't, and they haven't been able to get on track since. And you mentioned the health before Friedman, that Dolphins team. It's not good. It is not good. So uh, hopefully the games will be good. So for more, you can always go to bettingpros.com. Check out a prop bet cheat sheet where you have more coverage of all the props uh, later on in the week. So make sure you check that out as well. Enjoy the games. Go make your wagers. Have some fun. What a great time to watch some playoff football. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on for Pat Fitzmaurice and Matthew Friedman. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.